I love that. Yeah, I feel, um, uh, you know, a lot of this is about finding our voices and just and just putting it out there, even if we don't know how it's going to look, even if we don't know how it's going to be received. If we're getting that nudge to express ourselves, I think we just have to trust that. And like I said, every day I'm just more, I'm just committed to that, you know, and I don't always know how it's going to look either. It's not because we're psychic or mediums or, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean that we know everything <laughs> and how things yes. are going to turn out. It's it's not about that. It's It's really about, you know, being mindful in the body and trusting in spirit and trusting ourselves and just trusting that there is a reason why things are happening and that we're connected and um, that we're in it together. Hello, hello and welcome to all of you beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in today to the Heart of the Soul podcast, Earthy Nova on YouTube. My name is Amana and I am so happy that you're here. This is a space where we explore what it means to be wild women walking upon this earth, remembering how to turn inward to our innate inner knowings, unearthing that which is often unseen and unspoken. Together we practice using our voices and the ancient ritual of storytelling, connecting about that which unites us as we share our stories of birth, life, and death, honoring how both we and our stories shift across time. It is my hope that soaking in these stories will bring you closer to your own inner compass and center you into a more embodied, alive version of your beautiful, unique self. I have the incredible Lori O with me here today. <laughs> I put out an invitation to a couple of communities seeking people who are willing to engage in a deep dialogue with me about death and spirit and the beyond. And this has been a little more challenging topic to find women that would like to share. And I feel like this is sort of reflective of our culture at large and its tendency to turn away from, avoid, and deny that we're all beings who come to go and that all of us will die. I am deeply honored that Lori responded to my call. I connected with her in Danielle Serenk Spirit School membership and Initiation 2.0 beta experience. Every time I heard her speak in circle, I was delighted by her energy, honesty, beauty, and strength. And I am so grateful to have you here today for this dialogue about death, communing with spirit and souls that are no longer Earthside. I would love for you to introduce yourself in whatever way feels good to you in this space and in this moment, and maybe tell us a little bit about why you were willing to invest your time with me here today um, for this dialogue about death and spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, already I just feel your energy and I just feel so welcomed and so appreciated and that like that's such a nice feeling <laughs> um and just yeah just you know even just hearing that intro and just you know initiating the idea that we're going to be talking about what we're going to be talking about I just I my heart just feels so relieved you know because I do feel like it's something that needs to be talked about it needs, it's just a conversation, such an important piece of life that I feel like we forget about or avoid, or like you said, kind of turn away from. And 
So I'm very inspired by you and by, by this. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, I, I don't know a time when I didn't think about death and I, and I feel like in that it helps me to have more gratitude for life to kind of surmise things, you know, I, um, to me, it's just always kind of been there. <laughs> and and maybe in some ways, you know, coming from more of an anxious, you know, not uncertainty, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think in so, so many of the things that I've done, it's it's helped me to move past anxiety and to come more into curiosity and more into um, just embracing this aspect of being human, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that I, the, the, the short story, I guess, is just that, yeah, that, that I was introduced to sort of passing of very close loved ones at a young age. I was introduced to death sort of that way. Um, and then, you know, just throughout my life, I've just always been very curious and and not really scared. Like, I mean, like I said, there was some anxiety there because I think there was things that I needed to learn. Um, but overall, I just, you know, I just always felt like there was answers there, I think, um, for things that I couldn't find answers for elsewhere. I felt like there was answers if I could have a greater understanding of death and the process of death that I would find answers to life um and I think that pull has always just kind of been there um yeah and so yeah more recently I've been um uh I dove dove pretty deep (laughs) into (laughs) learning mediumship and being really fully committed to that for the last few years now and uh it's given me more, you know, it gave me more than I could have even sort of imagined, like, just, just more understanding, but more experiential pieces that I have, I feel like it's fulfilled something inside of me that um, I, that, that I'm still kind of in awe of, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, for you, like, did you grow up knowing about mediumship or was that like a new, mm-hmm. like for me, I didn't like, no mm-hmm. one talked about mediumship. It wasn't until maybe five years ago when I heard the term and started identifying mm-hmm. with it. And yet I had had these like experiences with death and it was the introduction to mediumship and that language that we use with the clairs and the, the feeling and the sensing that I began to like be able to name and understand past experiences that I'd had with souls that were crossed over. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like um, I've always been aware to some degree of something. Um, like when I was... <sighs> I mean, and it, okay, but I want to clarify, like, it's not that I necessarily always knew what those things were, mm-hmm. but yes, I, I agree with what you said is that mediumship has fit it, like it filled in a lot of blanks for me because mm-hmm. I was like having those certain experiences, but not always necessarily knowing what they were. So I definitely relate to that. Um, so my, my, I had a, I had a brother that passed when I was five and he was a baby. 
Um, Mm. He only lived to 16 months. And I remember when he, when I was told that he passed, I felt like a great joy. I felt like I knew that he was going, I don't know. I just felt some connection maybe because I was a kid. I, I just felt pure in that moment. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I, I felt like a release. I felt like a, uh, I don't know, just just a, a joy. It, it's it doesn't feel like the right word because <laughs> it doesn't feel strong enough. But I I did. I felt something, and then I felt a lot of sadness, and I felt a lot of other things. But um, I just knew. I just feel like I had just had a knowing that that he was going somewhere um, where he was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, some other, and then I had a grandfather that passed as well. And, um, when I was seven and, and so it was a lot in a very short period of time. And, um, I, it's kind of a lot for a young kid to take on, but the thing that I saw that was more painful than death was how people were responding to the death, you know, how people, how it changed my mother, how mm-hmm. it changed my, my life essentially, because you know, it, because of how hard it was for other, for people to cope with it and for people. And I don't mean that, like, I'm not blaming anybody for that. I've, I've worked on that, (laughs) Um, you know, but just, just from that emotional perspective, like it kind of, it was, it was, it was more the reaction to death that I found more scary, to be honest, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, now people are talking more about grief yeah. and death, but I can imagine like when you were five, that it was very, what was modeled to you, the ways of grieving were probably much more like closed off, or I don't know if you have any specific memories of what that was like for you or anything you'd like to share. Well, I mean, it's so tricky, right? Because as a child, what, yeah, you experience is probably different than I would, what I would experience now, obviously, but like it was, there was just so much fear. There was just Mm. so much fear. And I just felt, I always think I always just felt like it doesn't have to be that scary. (laughs) Yes. You know, (laughs) and it sounds like maybe your experience wasn't like mirrored by your, the adults around you. Like you were having this other experience that you had this inner peace or knowing and that yeah. then, but the adults that were caring for you, yeah, were not having that same peace. And so, yeah, and it's so hard not to talk about grief when you talk about death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't, and that's why I really have, I do have compassion because I really can't, comp- I can't blame my mother not having the skills to cope with. And I really do feel she did the best that she could. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know, and so just to kind of go back to your question there about like, was I exposed to mediumship early on? Um, like even I have a really distinct memory of like my brother. I don't, I, I don't want to. I didn't see him, but I could feel him. And mm-hmm. I remember like the feeling of him being close made me miss him. And I remember feeling that big, huge feeling mm-hmm. of grief. And I was, I was scared to tell people that, that, that I felt that I don't know why, again, being a kid, you just, you know, and this was a few years after he had passed too. So it was a very interesting thing for me. And obviously it, it made an impression on me because I still can remember where I was and what my bedroom looked like and what the feelings were. Um, And then I had a great grandfather that passed like a few years 
sort of down the road and I I felt him as well. I could just I could just feel him in certain areas of the house that he lived in. I could just feel him. Um and then I so anyways, I don't I don't need to tell all my stories like that, but I I definitely looking back, I there was a lot of moments like that, you know, where I could feel that sort of energy. Yeah. Um Would I do I do your... sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask you to share your brother's name. Oh, his name was Brent. His name is Brent. Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sweet, very soft energy. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like he has incarnated again because I don't necessarily feel him as a very active. I don't even know how to articulate that exactly, (laughs) but I I do feel like he's moved on because he does feel like, and sometimes I wonder, I'm like, maybe I'll meet him again, (laughs) but I know it's him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I'm open to that and I'd be like, oh yeah, if you want to come meet me, like come meet me, (laughs) like I'm here, I'm available, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's, there's definitely yeah distinct moments where I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel him or I feel the memory of him or a bit of both. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like when you were, you know, young at that age, five, seven, that you felt his presence, like you experienced that, like what we call mediumship or that connecting with his soul that yeah, he's no longer in that earthly body. So you really had that experience at that young age and how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful it is that you were able to embrace it and find peace within it. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's kind of like, oh, it's a ghost and you should be afraid of ghosts. And, you know, I was I was like Ghostbusters had just come out around that time. And like that was like a really big deal. And it was like kind of freaked me out a bit. And, you know, so there there was that element of it as well is just like, well, I don't really want to actually see anything, you know, <laughs> Um, but I do, I do want to just share one more quick story because this is really interesting how it was validated like a month ago. So around that same time, there was a neighbor that lived next door to my granny. And I spent a lot of time at my granny as my mom's mom. And when I was young, especially, and the, the neighbor, she was lovely. And she just had this lovely sort of like creative home and you walk in and you just feel like these, I don't know, just really good vibes. And she was lovely, very inviting, always had little treats out. And I loved going to her house and she had this really cool basement. And I don't know, like I wasn't scared of her basement, you know, and sometimes you could be scared of the basement when you're a kid. But all of that, the whole house felt like that. But every time I would go into the living t- room, I would feel something. I would feel someone. And, and it, and it, I, it, I was uneasy about it because it didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. It made me feel like, well, what is that? <laughs> like the whole rest of the house felt this way. And I would walk into that living room and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So just recently having a conversation with my granny, she told me that they there was the people that had lived there and then the people who bought the house next after Mrs. Flood passed away, that they felt like it was haunted in this one particular area of the house. And I was wow. like, yeah. You knew. <laughs> 
And that just got validated. And I said to my granny, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I would always have that feeling that it was her husband that was in the house. And he wasn't a big, bad, scary person. He wasn't a big, bad, scary ghost. Right. But it was just that feeling that was like, oh, I don't know what that is, you know? So, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So just, yeah, having experiences like that and just, yeah, being kind of energetically open to the possibilities. I I had seen mediums when I was in my early twenties and, you know, I, I had an astrology reading starting at that time. I would have, my mom would invite her friend that was doing tarot cards would come over. And so, you know, we weren't immersed in it, but it was definitely like in my awareness from sort of a younger age. And then I, kind of did a deep dive into Buddhism and started learning about reincarnation and life after death and what does it all mean and what happens and what's the process and all of that. So I did a little fast forward there, but that's (laughs) essentially there was some seeds that were planted that led me to just continuing in that direction. Wonderful. And, you know, we, we come to go here in this human form and I'm wondering if you could share like why you why do you feel like from your experience that so many have such fear moving towards like the end of their lives or the thought of death? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's there's there's a lot of ways that you could go about answering that question for sure. Um, I I feel like there's just. a big gap, you know, like we don't, I was raised sort of more half on the Catholic side, nothing strict or crazy, but like I went to Catholic school, we went to church for holidays and stuff. I didn't go like weekly. There was some times that we went weekly, but not, not really Mm -hmm. too, too restricted. And I just, I just feel like death has just always been left out of the conversation and Mm -hmm. Um, education around it, you know, what does happen to you? Why, why does, why are we doing any of this? Um, <laughs> I just, I feel like sometimes, you know, I just came from, I have very strong connections to like Tibet and like that soul, the sort of monastic life style and, and that sort of thing. And where that is what you do all the time. You're always contemplating the cycle of life and death and rebirth and death and, you know, being human and not being human. And it's just so like part of the lifestyle. And I just, I feel like it's really, I don't know, there's just, it's like, maybe if we avoid it, or we don't think about it, it's not going to happen to us. You know, I mean, it's it's big, it's unknown, it's, uh, well, like, and it shouldn't be unknown, but we forget things. And then if we don't talk about them, then we don't relearn them either about what happens to us and why and where we go and what it's like. Um, yeah, does that kind of answer the question? I feel like there was another piece there, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I maybe... I don't know how much you've thought of this, but I w- would love to know like your philosophy about our souls and death and mm-hmm. where they come from and where they go. Mm-hmm. If you... 
Yeah, um, I just wanted, I did just remember the other piece I wanted to add there too, is that I feel like sometimes maybe we don't want to think about one day that we're not going to be here because then, you know, what happens to everything that we've built up, right? We've built Mm -hmm. our lives essentially with all the external, you know, the house, the car, the kids, the dogs, the whatever. Um, Why are we, why are we doing all of that if we're just going to (laughs) die? You know, or, or we lose all of that when we die. Like we don't get to take the toys with us, that old, you know, sort of thing. Uh, yeah. That I makes think me think hard. that one song was that song where it's like, you only have yourself, but you don't take your money. And yeah. Or in that. I, now I can't remember it, but, but, but essentially, yeah. yeah, it's like, and then you're living in a society that puts so much meaning into that. You're like, yes. it, it's like, we can't comprehend both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, and I, it is hard. It is hard <laughs> because you, you do, you do want to create this sort of material life, but at the same time, keep in mind your internal life and that, and that connection at the same time. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe some people just choose what, like one or the other and, and, and don't realize that you can blend both maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think it's possible to choose just one? I don't know because you're human right so you still need to have like the external you know things that keep you alive (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) yes you have to eat you can't just like ignore that you're in a body Yeah, yeah yeah and I and I've read a lot of you know books about about that you know the you know like in and just to say just because it's the kind of easiest example like the buddha did try to not have all of those things and that didn't work either because then you just your body just can't survive right so mm-hmm. um but i think it's the attachment right it's it's the having the things but knowing that they're fleeting it's having the things that knowing that they're not permanent um you know not I think it's, it's kind of like being objective about it. So like, yes, I have all the things, but I also know that one day I have to move on from all the things like, mm-hmm. and that's super hard because <laughs> mm-hmm. the yeah. ego wants to like, mm, the ego Absolutely. wants to make it real. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I feel like right now too, everyone wants to like be remembered or for them to live on in some way. And although I believe that we all do live on in certain ways, like, you know, a few hundred years from now, I don't expect that those people that have come after me, like, um, Uh Bill, they might know my name or see my name written somewhere, but they won't really like know who I was or what I did in the world, really. Like even the very, very famous people that we write down and read about and and are in history books, like we don't know that much even about those people, but there's this like Mm -hmm. desire or this like, I don't even know how to put it into words right now where I feel like people are desperate to Mm -hmm. live on. But I feel personally, I feel very at peace with like, you know, I guess I hope my great, great grandchildren like think of me as, you know, this mother this woman in their line that they're standing on the shoulders of just like I remember my ancestors and that those women who birthed the women and birthed the women who birthed the women before me that I came from (laughs) you know but not in such a Mm -hmm. distinguished way that I feel like 
our culture teaches us to need or want or desire. I, yeah, no, I fully appreciate that. Um, hundred percent. And that I, I, I feel like it just comes back to the ego mind wants that more than anything, because, you know, if you're, if you're connected to spirit and you feel connected to the whole, sure, you want your unique life and you have your unique passions and interests and things that you do, but ultimately, you know, that you're going back into the pool in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I I think about that stuff a lot. Like I just did my last year, my mom sent me like the DNA to to find your history and all of that. What is it called? Ancestry. And yeah. It was fascinating, you know, to go back and mm-hmm. and be able to go back. I think I was able to go back to like the 1600s, something like that, to there was there was a strong lineage wow. in Scotland that I was able to trace back. Um, even though my actual DNA is more European, like just what stuck (laughs) in this, (laughs) in this physical, um, you know, manifestation. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, I don't know. It like gives me a feeling, you know? So yes, I don't know those people. I don't, I see their names, but I don't know who they were and what their struggles were and what they thought of and how they acted. But, um, there's still like an energy that's there, you know, that, that, that I have connection. And I know once I pass from this lifetime and I come back in another lifetime, I will have connection there as well. And I, I feel like that's hard. I feel, I feel like that's a hard piece for people to understand, you know, that I have such strong bonds and connections with my people in this lifetime. It's like, how could you possibly just like remove yourself and come back somewhere else and have that kind of feeling again. But we do mm-hmm. because essentially like, you know, again, and, and not to always bring it back to Buddhism, but obviously I did study that for a while. Um, everybody's been your mother. Like we've got, we've had so many rebirths that we can't mm-hmm. even comprehend, but we're, we all know each other. <laughs> we all know each other. Yes. So I have faith in that. I I feel strongly connected to that it doesn't erase all of the fear and the clinging and the ego mind mm-hmm. it doesn't and I and I think that that was a real struggle for me for a while to be totally honest is that I thought if I was a really good student and I did my yoga and I did my meditation and I did my things and I did my healing work and extradited all of those things that I sort of had difficulties with that I would get to a place where I'd just be like you know but I'm not enlightened yet. So, (laughs) um, I still struggle like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, even though I understand it and I know it, um, I still struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm human. So yeah. Aren't we all? Yes. (laughs) So you've sort of spoken to it, but I feel like I Mm -hmm. wonder if Mm -hmm. you're able to articulate it's, it's, I know it's like a hard thing to articulate, but for you, like where, do our souls come from and where do they go? Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I definitely don't have it all figured out because like everybody else, you know, you kind of forget or like, you're not a hundred percent sure. You're like, am I sure? (laughs) Right. Nobody can ever, but like for you, what's your felt sense? Yeah. Well, I think what I, what I, you know, it's very interesting. Like one of the reasons why, like I was so drawn to Buddhism in particular is because when I would read the things, it's like a reminder it's like, you know, you it's read like the remembering. Tibetan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it like, you're like, oh, yes, I understand that. Like, yeah. and so, so I feel is like an altruism. There is, there are things that are just the way they are. And yeah, when you get that information coming in and you're like, oh, yes, this is what I understand. So I feel like that's about as as true as I can be, I guess, to what you know what I what I believe, and I I do believe that, um, yeah, that there is kind of I don't know. I say pool because I feel like it's you're you're kind of going back into something that we've kind of we're not separate from it, but because we're coming into this human, we are kind of separating from um, this other spirit realm, I feel right. So we're kind of, we're kind of coming down and we're like, okay, we're human this time at this time. So there's like, there's like a part of us that, that can't be sort of fully in both. If that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of the thing. Um, but when we, when our body dies, we, we're just, we're not in this body anymore. So then yes, we're just fully spirit. So it's almost like we're kind of like two things at once when we're human. And I, you know, and I think like Mm -hmm. when we're into this spirit work, we're a little bit more fluid of kind of playing with that. I'm, I'm more spirit. I'm more human. I'm more spirit. I'm more human or something like that. Um, So I mean, I, I struggled with this. It, it's hard not to talk about the struggles at the same time because I, I'm I'm definitely not into like this yeah, is the way no. it is. Well, I think that's good, <laughs> and I'm just asking you. I'm asking you to speak to your own understanding because we all experience yes. spirit slightly yes. differently. Like it's unique, and I think it's important for people to hear different people describe their ways and their you know their beliefs because we're not all going to have exactly the same experience or belief. And, you know, I would agree with you. Like, I love the way you were describing that, that, yeah, we're in this earthly body, but we also have a soul within us. And Mm -hmm. then we can, we have this way, we have ways of communicating with souls that are not in like human meat suit form. Yes. But we are still within our meat suit. And then we, we die and then we're more like connected or back to one. And yet those souls do have a way of communicating with us humans. I know. So that's what like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the piece that's a little bit hard to really nail down is like you go back into this collective pool of energy and souls, but there still is some individualism there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) right because because your story is different than my story is different than the other person's stories yet we're connected and we're learning similar things but we're all kind of at different levels or different you know 
however you articulate, like to explain that is, is um, really getting into it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I love it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so fascinated by it. I apps, I, and this is the thing is I think mediumship has given me the opportunity to speak the way I, I want to speak. Like I want to talk about these things. I, I, it, it's very fulfilling to me to, to have, to let this part of myself be free, you know? <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, I feel like that speaks again to our culture, like wanting to suppress or not hear about it or not talk yes. about it. Like, I love that you're speaking that you feel good being free and having the language to express these. Cause like without language, like we don't, it's like almost like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And, and I feel like the comfort level is like that person died. We just say goodbye. That person's gone. Like we're, we don't, we don't need to bring, we don't need to, to communicate with them. Like, I just have to get used to the fact that they're gone or something like that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, and I appreciate you need to move on and you need to go through your grieving process. And, you know, there's all of these things. Yes. But if you can communicate with them and receive healing, why not? Like, why not do that? <laughs> like, why not? It's great. It's such a fulfilling experience. It's like, I, there are pieces of myself that came back that I didn't even, if, if you would have explained to me going into mediumship myself to practice that that would have happened that way. I don't know if I could have comprehended it, Um, but going through it, it's literally like the pieces that came through filled blanks for me, like it filled holes for me. It um, brought pieces of myself back to me, and I and I and in, in not and not in a fleeting way, not in like a temporary band aid way of just making me feel good in the moment. It's it's cathartic. It's like holistic. It's mm-hmm. on all levels, and I just. I, d- I don't know how else you get that connection. Yeah. It's just connection. It, like, and, and I joke about this and I'm curious if, if you may be not, not to turn around and ask you a question, no, go but for like, it. you know, so we're both mediums and we're having a conversation. And if we decided to do a, a reading for each other, or I decided to do a reading for you, what is this goes off that brings your loved ones in? Or, you know, we have a meeting on Friday and your past loved one starts coming to me Friday morning. Like, how does that work? That piece, I, f- I don't know. Like, I'm like, does a light bulb go off? Like, ding, ding. <laughs> They're going to meet. We can move in and come and talk. Yeah. How does it's that like, work? It's like, right? I, I kind of love that though. It's like the magic of the unexplainable or the unknown. Yes. Like, just like no one has been able to like define or distinctly distinguish like how the soul enters the body. Like when we're pregnant with our babies, like that's an unknown. And this is just death. And the beyond is also one of those like unknowns that we have to, that gives us the opportunity to sit with and wonder in the magnificent magic of the unknown. And to trust. Yes. And trust. 
Absolutely. And I, and I feel like a lot of people don't trust life. They, they, there, there's, there's, I think, you know, it kind of comes back to that fear based beliefs or feelings Mm -hmm. or, or trusting in something outside of yourself. Like, yes. Oh God will take care of me. Okay. That's, that's great that you feel that way, but what does that feel like to you? Like, does that bring peace to your heart or are you giving your power away by saying like somebody else is going to take care of it? Or I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say there, but I feel like I want to have a feeling with inside of myself that I'm connected every moment so that when I'm in that state of, of dying, I'm still going to feel connected. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean, I don't know if this is an avenue that you want to go down, but I feel like that is a big piece that's missing in our culture is you go somewhere else to die. You, yes. you somebody else is looking after you when you die, you know, yes. and I don't want that. I don't want that either. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think it's, it's sad that our culture has made this shift to removing death from the home and from being cared for by our loved ones. And yes, it's really um, death has been really, in my opinion, like overly medicalized and managed to the point of just, yeah, physiological death doesn't really happen very often anymore on the, you know, other flip side, also physiological birth isn't happening very often either. Um, but yeah, would you like to say more about your thoughts of death <laughs> and how they've been? Yeah, I know we could probably do another whole podcast about that piece for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just to touch on it, at least, you know, I, my eyes really got opened when I read um, uh, medical assisted in dying. She's um she was she was actually a maternity doctor for 20 years and then she became um a doctor that um that i don't is there a title for the, for her i can't think of maybe, it right now maybe hospice or palliative care no she's a, she comes doctor? into no. your well she can go into there but she's the one that comes in and helps does assisted suicide um suicide like does assisted death okay Sorry, I don't think they use the word suicide. It's assisted death. Um, and she's she's from Brit- uh, Vancouver Island, where I live, mm-hmm. and it's this is actually one of the most um, the areas in North America. I think this is still the current stat where it's used the most. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, I, I reading the book, I was so <clears throat> my eyes we're very open (laughs) to what you were just saying, how every there's so much red tape and it's all this like political Mm -hmm. medical system. Like it's Mm -hmm. really hard to get approved for that. And these are people that are suffering and they literally just like, they want to go. And Mm -hmm. I think that that absolutely should be a choice that people are given. And so, yeah, there's the spiritual aspects of death, but then there's Mm -hmm. also like just the practical physical aspects of death that I think we're also completely disconnected from mm-hmm. you know like I've already t- I'm like I say to my husband and my kids all the time I'm like I don't want to be kept alive for seven years and I can't eat and I can't talk and I can't do anything like I don't want that please don't do that for me and so I, it's not to 
I think it's part of our learning process, you know, and I think, I think it'll come around full circle and, and there will be more alternatives, but right now it's just kind of about, like, I think they, they used to just really just try to keep, it was like, uh, um, life prolonging. Yes. Life pro. I was yeah. trying to find that word. Like, it's like, how do we keep people living longer? And it's like, well, maybe people don't want that. Like, you know, and there used to be more of a natural process to it. And now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we could actually do this, this and that to keep things. Why? Why keep things going longer? So even yeah. in that, there's like a denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of denial, you know, there's that, so much denial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that I would. Well, I know for me, I wouldn't call medically assisted death nor like normal or physiological Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because right. it's, cause it's highly medicalized and planned True. and structured and you have to go jump through a bunch of hoops. Yes. Um, yes, you're right. Yes. I, for me, I just, I hope that in the years to come, we might be able to return to <clears throat> more people dying at home and yes. having the, like had the words and then they're gone, but like just having that community around us, giving us comfort in whatever ways that we need, but just being cared for by the people around us and having that. Well, no, I don't dignity? know that I dignity, dignity, yeah, <laughs> dignity and just experience of, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving towards their death without grasping for outside things to prolong it. Yes. Which I think is what is offered often within the medical system. Yes. And, and I think why I brought up made is that I, I agree with you. Yes, it is very medicalized and it's, it's very, there's, there's things that you have to do. It's, it's complicated process. I think the piece why I brought that up is just empowerment and choice. Like you're at the end of your life, you're mm-hmm. in excruciating pain and you can't eat or drink or hug your loved one or whatever. I think it would be nice to be able to have a choice. So I feel like that that's part of the choice. And then what you're saying is part of the choice of how and where and, and ceremony, like we haven't even touched on that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yeah. So there's, there's the, I don't know, whenever I see any clips um, and and you're, you probably have way more information on this than I do. Cause I'm, I'm just kind of at the cusp of thinking that I might kind of go into like death doula work or that sort of thing. I, I don't have a lot of experience with actually being with people that are dying. I have a little bit, but not a lot at this moment, but like when I see any clips, videos of people like singing around somebody that's that's passing and that's like it just it just like melts me because I just feel like that is exactly what I would want yes (laughs) you know just just yeah I don't know I just feel like it would be the most calming and why can't it can be peaceful can't it I think it can be peaceful it absolutely can be peaceful actually my The first day that I worked in palliative care in a hospital as a registered nurse, I was invited to 
um, observe. So we had a music thanatologist on our team, which was the woman who played the harp specifically for pain, discomfort, and end of life. So she was in the room playing the harp, and I sat by this woman's bedside, and I took her hand, and she, within, you know, 15, 20 minutes, took her last breaths. There weren't anyone else, wasn't anyone else in there with us, but uh, it was a really, yeah, beautiful experience to have her, you know, I wish that she had more loved ones with her, but I was grateful to have been there to witness and that she had this music playing in her space. And um, yeah, I don't know that all, mm-hmm. your, your share also made me think of just the, it's hard because I feel like we need medical care in certain situations and it's important that we have that um and yet like in my time working within a hospital like there were all these barriers to certain things that families or different cultures wanted to do within the hospital while people were dying like smudging and doing smoke medicine within a room like wasn't allowed there aren't windows that open in the hospital like people want fresh air and that is like not allowed And all these like barriers and the ways that if people were in their homes, they would have more access and ability to, you know, have people singing around them, people coming in and out, having windows open, having um, burning sage or rosemary or cedar, whatever it is that feels good to that person. Mm -hmm. And so... But I feel like it's a big, it's a collective thing that it can't be just the dying person wants that for themselves, because if they don't have the community around them that is willing to offer that kind of nurturing and dedication nearing the end of their life, then it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it would be nice to be able to, you know, have designated like birthing centers designated if you couldn't do it at home you know Mm -hmm. places to die right that isn't the hospital (laughs) yeah you know and I I think I think it served its purpose at a time because there was less people in the hospital just kind of was a one-stop shop you know and you Mm -hmm. just kind of that's where you go to do these take care of your health be born die whatever you know um but yeah, it'd be nice to kind of deinstitutionalize those things, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I found, I think this is relevant, but like I found like even with birthing process, they're so busy trying to stay within protocol and trying to make things sort of unfold a certain way. It's it's a very like, it doesn't always go that well because- Birth isn't linear, but they try to, they want to make it linear. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And and it and it's comfortable for them, right? And it gives them a sense of security that doesn't mm-hmm. that's, that's not actually. I mean, like you said, there are time and a place for those medical interventions. And I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that it would be nice to be able to give more space and freedom around it. You know, I don't. I I'll be curious. I'll be curious how how if we start going back in that direction. Like I'm really hoping things kind of come back around <laughs> sooner than later. Yes, I mean fashion does, so I can hope that birth and death may also return to the home and yes. less 
medications, birth and death are both highly medicated as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel, um, you know, I just, I just hope that people, I think one of my desires in mediumship is, is to, you know, I don't know if educate is the right word, but like guide people to understand that it's just the relationship is different. You, you still have a connection and I understand that you physically miss the person and having a conversation. I do, I do understand that. And there is grief in that for sure. Absolutely. Um, but you, but you can continue to communicate with people. You can continue to have that, like, like, I, I don't know. I just keep turning my hand in a circle. Yeah. It's like, it's relationship, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, you can invite those people closer. And, you know, if you are getting that sense that, you know, your grandpa, like, I feel my grandpa a lot lately. And I keep seeing pictures of him. I keep remembering the things that we did together. And, I saw this man the other day and man, he really looked like my grandpa or my grandpa used to drive a car like that. He's around you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like it is not your imagination. Mm -hmm. Why would he not want to be around you? And that's, that's like, that's been a big, um, I feel like, I don't know if epiphany is the right word or sort of turnaround in thinking for me is that you know, I think about my kids and I think about them, you know, potentially having children and I, you know, and if I, if I passed, I mean, I really don't want that to happen because I really want to be a grandma and like, my kids are still young, but Me like, too. you know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like I'm looking forward to it already. <laughs> um, and if I had to go, I would be there. I would be watching them all the time. I know <laughs> yes. I will. So I have to believe that that's what's happening for me, you know, that my grandparents are cheering me on, that they want to be close to me, that they want to look out for me and whoever else it is that comes through as well. Right. Like, yes. And I feel like I would love to, yeah, invite people who might be listening, who've maybe had an experience like you're speaking to where you, where someone might feel or see their grandfather around that that can be like an invitation to lean into, well, how can Mm -hmm. I communicate? Or like, can I ask them to impress an image upon me? And what do I see? Or what do I hear? Or and I ask them for a specific sign and see if that shows up like yeah absolutely and to not be afraid of it you know like just just to be try to stay in the heart and you know I I think this is another piece that I feel like is pretty important is is there's so much stigma you know, it's this, it's this, oh, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And oh, I was talking to my grandpa the other day, and my <laughs> grandpa's dead. But you know, like, I think there still is a lot of that. And it, yeah, I don't think it has a lot of meaning. I think it's just conditioning, you know, yes. it's just like, well, that's just the way we've kind of figured things out in our society. And I'm like, but no, there's a whole other way of thinking. Like, if you look at like, again, going back to the Tibetans, like, they not only were aware of the reincarnation, but they would actually find the rebirth, you know, and they like, that's a real thing that they are able to do. And um, you read about these, these really highly skilled lamas, like the teachers, and they, um, they, they can willingly and would leave their bodies, like they would, you know, essentially die by choice. 
for whatever reason, if it served some greater purpose in some way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I totally believe like, I, I, see, again, when I hear that kind of thing, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Why couldn't yeah. we do that? You know, why couldn't yeah. we do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, know how to do that. And I don't want right. to do that. But I believe that it's possible. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I find it so interesting. I know you're in Canada and you probably don't have this on your money, but like in America, here in the United States, we have like on every dollar bill and every coin, it says in God we trust. And yet you can't like see God or talk directly Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And yet when people talk about Mm -hmm. seeing or feeling or talking to their loved ones that are passed on like oh that can't be and like that's not true or you know and yet like the foundation of this country not that I love everything about this country but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we can have that but then not have the communication with our like own personal ancestors it just seems so backwards yeah it's such a huge disconnect yeah absolutely absolutely And, um, I think like we, yeah, I don't know if we just thought that we could like, just, did we just get so focused on the external that we just forgot about that? Or we just like, just like avoided it or ignored it. Like, I don't really know why that happened, but, and and I think you just, you brought up a little piece there too, for me is that this this connection to religion. And I think that that's a really big piece. I know I've met quite Mm -hmm. a few um, gals from the States and through, through Danielle's collective experience and my goodness, the, the, (laughs) there's a, there's a lot to push up against. I'm totally open in my family. My mother-in-law is one of my mentors. My mom and my granny completely support me, ask me how I'm doing, help me pay for courses. Like they, you know, they just, I just, it's never been an issue for me. It's my own ego or whatever blocks or whatever (laughs) that maybe get in the way, but I, there's actually nothing in my way. And I'm very, very grateful for that because there are some people that are like afraid to say that they communicate and they're getting the nudge and they're getting the pushes and it's coming through. And I, wow, like they, they have a big Mm -hmm. journey ahead of them because like even their immediate family members don't even know. And so I'm curious about that. I, I don't know why that's happening right now, but like I, there are a lot of women um, and so not to dismiss the men, but I just happen to know a lot of women mostly yes. that are nurses, um, psychologists, different careers that they've been extremely passionate about for like long time, full careers, and they're getting mm-hmm. a nudge. They're yeah. getting a nudge that something is missing. And I, I'm really curious how, how things are going to unfold because when you start getting those nudges, they get harder and harder to ignore. And I don't, that's the piece, like, I don't really Mm -hmm. know where that comes from exactly. Like, is that just part of our Dharma or our story kind of unfolding where it's like, okay, you can't ignore this. I mean, I just saw a quote from Brene Brown and she's like, there's something that happens when you get to like middle age where you just like, you see the clock is ticking and you're like, it's time. (laughs) It's time to like, listen to what you need to do for yourself. And so I don't know if that's part of it or, you know, 
Um, but there, I just know so many women that it's getting really hard for them to, yeah, to not feel take the leap or start leaning into that. Yeah. I mean, I can so relate because yeah, I was a nurse for many years and in the last couple of years could feel that my values were no longer aligning with that system and that I was feeling drawn to this, you know, other Mm-hmm. part of who I am and this maybe like you're speaking about this like rise or shift in our culture and I can only hope that like the scale is you know it's going to be one of those t- scale tipping times and whether it's in my lifetime or in the future I'm just grateful that it feels like it's tipping towards women coming into more like trust of themselves and their knowings and I feel like that will shift the whole world in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying about like ceremony and, um, you know, the, just the, the connections to how we relate to things. I think that that's also part of that piece is the femininity and how like, not, not to get into, into that whole other topic either, but the (laughs) the patriarch just dominated everything instead of like, let's work together. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's not about the feminine being dominating the masculine. It's just about bringing it back to balance. And honestly, like, I feel that women were like, okay, guys, you go give it a try. We'll see what (laughs) happens. So I feel like that would be the way that the woman would say it. And it's not working. So, so it's like, it's like we're being told or nudged or guided that it's time that we, we speak up and we share our ways and we find our voices and we just own it. Like, yeah, start putting it out there. And like our words have vibrations, our words have ripple effects, and we're putting that energy out into the world. And like, no doubt that there needs to be some masculine structure and you know this is kind of how things you know are sort of formulated but there can be this beautiful divine energy within that um even my husband works at the hospital here in um he works at the hospital in Nanaimo and he's like all the bosses are women now He's like, thing, he sees there's changes. And I don't know how that's going to ripple down because it mm-hmm. could be very masculine females that yeah. still are running it the same way. I don't know, right? But um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope that, that that feminine, you know, the communication and the ceremony and, um, you know, even what you're just talking about, like the the harp and the music and the sound and like the healing aspect of things comes back to to the process mm-hmm. of dying and the process of, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope that's what happens. Yes. And, I, you know, I just got this feeling, too. I just have to say when you were talking about how you were a nurse and <clears throat> and you're you were getting that tug into other things. I was like, you know what? Wouldn't that be? I was just visualizing myself if I was in the hospital or I was kind of visualizing somebody being in the hospital. And I was like, wouldn't that be so cool? If your nurse could come in and be like, would you like a tarot card reading? I could just pull like three cards for you. Yes. <laughs> 
it would uplift yeah. people. So, you know, yeah. if it's what they were open to, obviously sure. not everybody would of be, course. but I don't know. I just feel like it would be just such an upliftment. And isn't that what healing is all about, right? It's just bringing people. Yes, up. that is what healing is about. I wouldn't say that's what hospitals are about. Yeah, I know. Um, I am a grateful, like the team that I was on, I actually did get to practice Reiki as part of my job as oh, a nurse. Okay. I got paid as a nurse to also offer Reiki to cool. patients, cool. to people. And so I really appreciate that, but that's not in most hospitals. It's a very progressive um, aspect of palliative care specifically. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah. Reiki is such a beautiful support. And that's, that's actually been my connection to people that are passing is, is that I've gone on in and done Reiki for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so helpful, like so supportive for, for, for the person that's passing. But I think also it's very empowering for us that are on the sidelines, maybe feeling kind of helpless and like, Oh, I don't know how I can support or, you know, what can I do to make things better? And it's like, well, you could just offer healing energy, right? Like that's something that anybody can do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it gives you a a sense of connection and being able to do something, even if it is just a little something, which it's not, it's a lot of something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our energy, our life force, like that's so much. Are we, our time is worth, worth something. Mm-hmm. And just to bring it back to the mediumship, um, you know, I, I I was sharing my stories of how like I could see that there was some connection. And, and, and as I said now, like, you know, I have been sort of in a family where I can talk about these things. Um, Reiki was actually a big piece for me. So I learned Reiki um, tw- uh, over 20 years ago, like 2001. And I didn't really know at the time because I didn't really have like a full mentor that was kind of working with me. And, you Mm. know, it was a little bit more, still a little bit more obscure. Um, Just, I think it's just a timing thing, but it did open up Claire's. I started having a lot more past life memories. I started having a lot more psychic information coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was a yoga teacher at the time and I could, I could sort of feel like different things that were happening for people or, you know, what, what people were unloading, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. de-stressing. And, and, and getting sense of people's I don't know if I necessarily was doing mediumship, but I was definitely connecting into people's like higher self kind of guide energy. I feel mm-hmm. like that was sort of more what I started with. Yeah. Um, again, kind of looking back, I can see it more clearly. Um, so when I was being drawn, it was actually my grandfather who, who kept coming through really strongly. And um I was like, I don't know what to do. And like, I wanted to learn mediumship, but I didn't know if I could, if I was capable, if I had the abilities, all the doubts, all the fears, very much diving into the unknown, Mm -hmm. very much, you know, there's the stigma, there's the things, well, what am I going to walk around and say I'm a medium? Like, what does (laughs) that even mean? You know? Yes. But really it is just another way of feeling energy you know, it's feeling energy. So I, I'm in touch with my energy and then I can feel other people's energies. So I can feel your energy. I can feel, 
maybe your guide energy, maybe your higher self energy. And I can feel what I can feel your ancestral energy, like your, your grandmother, your daughter, your mother, your father. It's, it's literally just like feeling that energy come in. And so um, my point being in all of that was just that it is possible for anybody to do that. So again, you know, if you have listeners that are like, well, I don't know if that's what I'm getting. If you think that's what you're getting, it's probably is what you're getting. And if you have opened yourself up to other healing modalities, you know, what you do or like energy work or just, just opening yourself up, you don't necessarily know which way it's going to take you. Right. And what your, what your strengths might be like you, you don't know that when you're going in, it's like, Oh, I feel information that way. Maybe you do. Some people might have a more Mm -hmm. definitive knowing, but it's a little bit ebby and flowy. And sometimes you feel more strength in this area than this area. And so, you know, it kind of moves around a bit. Um, but every day I choose to step into that trust because yeah, yes. I'm like, what am I even doing with uh-huh. my life? You can't see it. <laughs> yes, I know. But like you, there becomes more clarity by doing and practicing yes. this too. Cause yes. I feel like so often, like you said, you can be like fearful to try, but if you never try, then you also don't have the experience to like really clarify and understand and hone that knowing or that understanding. And so, yes, yes. listeners, we, we're encouraging you to try <laughs> and practice and do and because that's mm-hmm. the best way to we learn by doing, not by thinking about it or considering it or even watching someone else do it. It's not the same as doing it yourself. No, but, or, and And. I should say, yeah, (laughs) you, you do recognize, you start to recognize what you do in other people. So absolutely, you know, like, so I think it is good. Like if you are feeling those sort of inklings or that you're being drawn to that, that you could, you know, watch a couple YouTube videos or, you know, ask your friend what their kind of experience was, because if you're saying yes, yes, yes to what you're seeing, then that's likely is what's happening for you as well. Yeah. And you do get that in practice as well. Like when you, mm-hmm. you know, if we were to practice giving and receiving, and I'll be like, oh, she does it like that. Or, oh, she interpreted it that way. Oh, that's interesting. And then you start. So it's not necessarily comparison, but you do kind of compare a little bit just to kind of gauge because it is the unseen. You're not, nobody's writing a certificate saying like, you're ready. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's a bit tricky that way for sure. But um, definitely I feel like getting to know your own energy, like that, I think that ended up being a big foundational piece in my journey is that I really dove deep into meditation. I, I did, um, you know, meditation retreats and I would go in for 10 days and it was, it was, a, uh, I don't know how else I would have got to know my energy to that extent, you know, and it was just mm-hmm. all about sitting with myself um, and you don't have to do it that way, but because you can just do like, you know, three, five minute sessions a day or two sessions a week or whatever it is. But I think just kind of committing to yourself that way, you you start to earn, um, develop trust for yourself as well that like, yeah. 
you know, your, your, you know, the clear knowing is different from thinking, right. That's like, just even the subtleties of that kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. when you get that, like discernment, discernment, yes, it always comes back to that. (laughs) Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So I have your mediumship psychic reading. I have a little quote from what your offering is online. It says in this session with me, we will connect with your loved ones who've passed over. I will bring through validations and healing messages for you from your loved ones in spirit. Mm -hmm. I would, I'm wondering if you might be able to just share a little bit more about like what that means to you or feels sounds like or looks like for you or what people might expect in your own you know words beyond those okay um I feel like when there's that urge inside of you that you're looking for answers and you're looking for connection and you're drawn to see a medium or a psychic medium um you may not know exactly what it is that you're looking for and when you come and you sit down with me And you say, you know, you tell me a little bit about yourself and we go into the session and your past loved one comes forward. It's not like I know what you need. It's not like I know what you need to hear, but there's something that happens where, you know, you're the sitter in front of me. I'm the medium, essentially, you know, I'm like the liaison here. I'm in the middle and I am just... I'm a channel essentially. I'm I'm bringing in the information that I'm receiving that's for your highest and good. So you can take me out of the equation actually and you can receive that information directly, but maybe that's just not where you're at or that's not what you're spending time doing. So I'm here to facilitate that communication, right? So what whatever it is that you need to hear whatever it is that you need to know is just coming through me as as a communication that's directed for you um so i mean you might you might come into a reading thinking oh like i kind of want to know more about this or this is something that's really been bothering me or yeah i feel like i've been seeing grandpa around lately and is that him and does he have a message for me um, I think, again, it's it is a little bit like stepping into that trust and committing to yourself that you're willing to find out more information, right? And so um, whatever it is that you need is what's going to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so each time I go into a reading that I'm doing for somebody else, I have to step into that trust that I trust myself to receive the information without my ego getting involved and just be that clear and present channel and then bringing in spirit and understanding that the information that I'm getting is from this particular spirit or sometimes you have two or three that come through you know or you start out with you know spirit spirit of grandpa comes through and then the and then it you know his messages come through um and then you know, the spirit guide information might come through and might come, might get information in there for you. Um, And it's interesting, like, uh, you know, if I was to (laughs) 
transcribe a reading <laughs> and write it down. It might yeah. not sound like a lot, but it's it's there's something in the meaning of how it's received, right? Like mm-hmm. I I love this one story because it's just so simple, but it was so profound for me. And it was before I was learning mediumship. And I went to go see a medium that she she just kind of lives up the road from me here. She was a friend of my mother-in-law's. And my aunt came through. My she's technically my great aunt, my grandmother's sister. And she had like the white carpets. She had she it wasn't fancy or elaborate, but everything that she had, she really looked after. Everything was clean and fresh and just, I don't know, it just, I, every time I walked into her house, it just, it just had this certain vibe to it. This is feeling very clean and organized and, um, you know, just kind of almost like minimalist, but everything that she had was just really well looked after. And she came through in a reading and it was the timing that it came through as well. And she said, don't worry too much about everything being perfect. And it was, but it was exactly what I needed to get. My kids were small and I was like, like barely keeping my head above water. And, you know, it's like, I still needed to do the dishes, but I didn't have to worry about it so much, you know, that things weren't a certain way. And that message came through daily for I don't know, maybe like a year or it was a long time that I needed to keep hearing that message come through. And that's so simple. And did I know that I needed that? No. Did I know that was going to come through? No. There was a whole other, you know, massive information (laughs) that came through, but that was the thing that gave me a piece of myself back that, that helped me to be more accepting of my situation. (laughs) Yes. I mean, what a gift. I mean, that's just to speak to, you never know, like when you invest in a mediumship reading with someone like what you will receive and how transformative and impactful that can be. Yeah. Impact is a good word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It had a, it had a big impact on me for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, more, more profound messages can come through and you can get, you could get really like mind blown by something. Um, Or it can just be like a really subtle, gentle coming back to yourself in some way kind of energy. Right. It's yeah. 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 And I, and I think all of, all of those ways are important and (laughs) purposeful, you know, all all of those messages. Yes. And I, and I just wanted to Mm -hmm. add one more quick thing there is that each, Mm -hmm. each medium is going to have a bit of a different style, you know? Um, And I think that's why so many that are drawn to Danielle um, as a teacher and a mentor, one of, one of the things that I really responded to in her is that she's like, here's, you know, the mediumship curriculum, find your way. And I, I just really appreciated that because like, I've never really been one who wants to be like, you know, I just don't think it works that way with energy work that it's like ABC and it's strict and it's black and white. Um, I yeah. think that's similar with Reiki healing energy as well. Like, I don't know exactly what you need, but the Reiki energy is going to come through. I'm a channel and it's going to, you know, do what it needs to do for you. Right. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. So there, there's a medium out there for you. if you go to one medium and you don't have a good experience please please try again because there are so many amazing amazing 
readers out there. And yeah. I say that for massage too. I do massage as well. And it's yeah. like, you didn't have a good experience with that massage therapist, go to somebody else because everybody's going to have their own way of doing things. Yes, they all go to the same school. They all do, you know, RMT, especially massage therapists, you know, they, they're mm-hmm. a little bit more restricted, but they still all have their own way. Yeah. They still all have their own style, just like nurses do, doctors do. I mean, it's, it's, everybody's got their own you know, path within yeah, that. strengths yeah. and that energy. <laughs> like, I mean, the energy does matter. That just the energy of someone's presence makes a difference in all those different scenarios. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, please share with everyone that would like mm-hmm. to invest in a reading mm-hmm. or offering that mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. or follow you on social media. How can they connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I would say that I'm still like building my business. Um, So I'm kind of doing a lot of different things at the moment, which I love because I'm just kind of figuring out and things are going to change and move around as well. But right now, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, yes, I'm offering Reiki. I, I have a couple of different, you know, avenues that I'm working with Reiki. Um, I'm doing Reiki readings right now. I really like doing psychic Reiki. So for me, mm-hmm. that's a combination of doing like a Reiki healing um, reading, sort of reading people's, we say reading a lot, by the way, people <laughs> reading <laughs> is because we're, we're kind of, you know, sensing where your energy is at. And so like, it's like, we're reading the information in a sense. Um, so I offer like a Reiki reading. And then I um, like a treatment and then reading your energy. And then I send like, um, um, I do like a voice recording because I get, I get messages come through. So that's why I'm calling it psychic Reiki. And that's via distance. So that's like not even meeting on zoom. That's just you mm-hmm. booking the, the appointment. And then I do the healing reading virtually uh, distance. and then um sending the voice message via email so that's kind of a new thing that I've been doing that uh I really love I think I've been doing it that way for a while but I'm kind of formulating that a little bit more with a little bit more structure and I'm also doing that for people's spaces um so I can go in with the Reiki distance um healing and I go in and I clear people's spaces and you know clearing the energy in people's spaces and then I get information from that as well and I Mm -hmm. share that back with the person those are really fun because that brings in like a lot of different elements of myself because I love I'm a Virgo and I love clearing clutter and clearing spaces (laughs) clearing energy and (laughs) I get I love getting into that um yeah and then I'm doing mediumship readings as well um that I think we've talked about that enough to kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also like going into teaching. So I, I'm just initiating right now. I am doing, trying a sort of a newer way of doing like the Reiki, um, uh, like they're called Reiki attunements, right? So the Reiki mm-hmm. training essentially, we're learning level one and level two, and I'm doing it in a one-to-one like a mentorship container. Mm-hmm. So that's really um, a lot of fun. So in that you're getting like 
support in between. We have like three calls booked and you're getting, um, you know, we communicate in between. Um, I'm giving you your attunements and, and the things that you need. Um, but also just giving that support because like we were saying earlier, like you open yourself up to this and you don't know exactly how things are going to unfold. And so I'm, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying just being able to be there as a support person for people when they're sort of figuring out mm-hmm. what's going on and what they can focus on and if they have any questions and they have any experiences. So just offering support that way. And then um, I'm in a Mighty Networks platform called the Third Eye Library. And that's like, it's not monetized. It's just um, a free space. And I have, I run the Reiki room in there. So um, just a place for asking questions. And I do like live um, teachings in there. And then um, also I'm doing like some classes. So um, I work a little bit with my friend, Ashley. She does angel connections with Ash. She was also in the collective. That's how I met mm-hmm. her. And we just did a manifestation class last week and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. It ended up being like a bit of an activation. Uh Um, Yeah. It it was just, yeah, it was very, very, very cool. So we've been doing a few classes together, uh, healing circles, that kind of thing. And then um, I've been doing like a chakra workshop series. So I started at the root I've done the sacral um, next week. I'm running the solar plexus. So it's like 75 minutes, just kind of deep diving into that one particular chakra. Mm-hmm. Another really great way to get to know your energy and, you know, is through the chakra system. Yeah. Uh, which whether you do cover that in Reiki or you can kind of just learn it separately, but it is a really helpful way to get to know your energy. Uh, yeah, I think... I think that's about it for now. Good. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll include links to, you yes, know, website yes, and yes. the third eye and your yeah, social media. But if you sure. also want to like just state your website right now and your yeah, handle. Sure. 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 Um, yeah. So I go by medium Lori. O. Um, I do do other things as I just said, but that's just, that's the name that I'm using. So medium Lori. O. Um, my website is that and my Instagram is that as well. Yes. And I'm very open for questions, like inquiries, anything um, uh, through through Instagram or email. And then also in the third eye there, there's a lot of information in there and also opportunity to ask questions or, um, you know, reach out or connect in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time and energy and wisdom mm. and stories today. I feel mm. like we just, yeah, covered so much terrain and I'm really grateful to have like spoken some of these things out with you, the unspoken mm. spoken. <laughs> oh. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I feel, um, uh, you know, a lot of this is about finding our voices and just and just putting it out there even if we don't know how it's going to look even if we don't know how it's going to be received if we're getting that nudge to express ourselves I think we just have to trust that and 
like I said, every day I'm just more, I'm just committed to that, you know, and I don't always know how it's going to look either. It's not because we're psychic or mediums or, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean that we know everything <laughs> and how things yes. are going to turn out. It's, it's not about that. It's, it's really about, you know, being mindful in the body and trusting in spirit and trusting ourselves and just trusting that there is a reason why things are happening and that we're connected and um, that we're in it together. Like community, we didn't even talk about community, but community is such a huge piece for all of this, for all of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I could talk about this stuff all day, every day. <laughs> that's that. that's my yes. goal in life to be able to do it. <laughs> talk about it all day, every day. <laughs> yes, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today to the heart of the soul. If you love the podcast, I would be so grateful if you would choose to subscribe, rate, review, or share the show. If you feel aligned with me and my energy and are feeling drawn to unearth your wild inner knowing, bring your baby wild and free, need support navigating the medical system, are feeling stuck in your grief, are curious about receiving an intuitive mediumship reading, or need a safe person to debrief and integrate a traumatic birth experience with, I am here for you. I have walked alongside women and mothers for over a decade, witnessing real healing, change, confidence, and stability be unearthed in them. I believe that women claiming their sovereignty, returning to their own inner knowing, and embodying their wild will truly transform the world. To learn more, book your free clarity call at www.birthingnova.love. Until next time, remember to be brave, be loved, be wild, be you, and be the change that you seek for yourself and also for the generations to come. Mwah.